Hello, Joshua. How are you? Is everything fine? Yeah, this is going to be very exciting. Stop! Things do them happening. <laughs> this is brutal setup here. We are always busting, busting our, our balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first uh, episode of Netflix and Thrill. What a name that is! Um, today, uh, Josh. My good friend Josh and I are going to go through uh, our friend Netflix and find something to watch and to talk about. Is that my cue to come in? You can talk now if good. you Hello. like Hello. Oh, this is exciting. First episode. Yay! I like the excitement. I yeah. like the energy. That's the kind of thing that we're looking for in this, Josh. It's good. It's fun. a Saturday night. It's a Saturday I'm night. It's dark. Well. You're not very well. What a time to we're start. Toge- we're together, huddled around this microphone, swaddled in our... Sleeping clothes to undertake such a cinematic adventure. So, should we explain what the hell is going on? So, we thought it would be interesting to go through uh, the back catalogue of Netflix and see if we could use a sort of complex, uh, hitherto not understood by myself system to find something to watch and to review because there's so much stuff on Netflix that nobody really ever watches uh, or ever sees but that looks strange and we would like to find out what it was and, and Netflix are going to get rid of it apparently as well yeah it's all going to get cold we need to get in before so it goes get in and see all the horrible stuff before it gets eaten away so Joshua could you quickly explain how this is going to work because I'm sure everyone would like to know I would very much like to know too. So I've, it's not that complicated. All I've done is I've just gone through and numbered the categories and then been through each category and found out how many entries there are there. Thorough. And, I love yeah, it. very thorough. And um, we're just going to stick it in a random number generator rather than use one of those hackneyed, oh, choose what I want to watch on Netflix thing. Um, we're going to do it this way because it'll be more fun. So shall I start? Are you yes. going to control the, the thing? I think I am going to control okay. the thing. Just for to... reference, we are using the PlayStation 4 Netflix app. Netflix because Marx's okay. Flat doesn't have a properly built-in internet and TV yet. Right, so we're going to find out the category first. And our category for tonight is... It's exciting. It's the transient category of new releases. Oh, amazing. So, so if you get nobody ever really releases. knows what's in new releases, apart from new things. But even yeah. some of them aren't very new. So now I'm going to type in... The man types on the phone. Yeah. Notoriously exciting Mom, radio. New, this is the problem, is that we hoped that the category would provoke some discussion, but new releases, it could literally be anything. It could be anything. I'm seeing here incredible content such as the Big Bang Theory to look look at uh, I've got some Jimmy Carr there this could be anything this could be anything but we've got 27 number 27 on my list have to reach so, so enjoy while I quickly scroll through and go go how many how many 27 that's 5 that's 5 and, and two, then across, two. Yeah. 1 2 3 4 5 and then so that's 25 is it, isn't it Ronaldo? I believe Ronaldo is what we're watching. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Apologies, everybody. Unfortunately, two people who studied history... 27, yeah, so it is. Yes. We are watching the 2015 release Ronaldo, which I think is quite... Like, seeing as this falls, the day before the finals of Euro 2016... Uh, in which Ronaldo's Portugal will be taking on uh, some French people. This is going to be perfect. It fits very well. This is going to get us straight into the mood. There's a picture of him waving. Uh, he's described as a soccer legend. I'm pretty sure they use soccer a lot yeah. as a term in Portugal and in Britain. Not in Britain. So we're <laughs> going to watch Ronaldo. <laughs> so everybody, we'll be back in a little bit after we have watched Ronaldo the movie. Um, <laughs> it's an hour and 32 minutes about Ronaldo. Ronaldo's had a pretty interesting life, Josh. Well, He's done a lot of I'll stuff. I'll be the judge of that. At the we end will of this be the judge of that. So we will, you, we will rejoin you, everybody, um, in one hour, 32 minutes, once we have devoured 
the uh, the cinematic treat that is Ronaldo oh, look, the movie. There's a bit black and white. I'm sure this will be brilliant. <laughs> See you soon. I asked you to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> is that a fancy liker? Jammy little kid. Hello everyone and welcome back to the inaugural episode of Netflix and Thrill. Josh and I have just spent one hour and 32 minutes, maybe slightly less. I think it was more like one hour and 30 because we refused to watch the, watch the credits. Because we were quite bored by that It was just Instagram of, montage as of, well. Um, Ronaldo the movie. Uh, I feel like you're misrepresenting it. It's just called Ronaldo. It's not Ronaldo. Head, it's not like it's, Pokemon, the first movie. It's Ronaldo. In my head, it's Ronaldo the movie. But I think maybe the the statement of fact that is Ronaldo as a title maybe sums up some of our feelings about the about the film. Yes, the documentary that we just watched. Um, very much. So, so, should we do our kind of first bit then, just to sort of sum up for everybody who is who is waiting on the edge of their seats to find out what roughly happens in Ronaldo the movie. So what we were thinking of doing is just spending a couple of minutes, two minutes we're going to have, to just quickly go through the plot and we'll, we'll sort of toss it between ourselves to try and cover all the important points. Um, so yeah, shall I count us in? Three, two, one, go. Well, it's it, it covers around about a year, I would say from when Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or in 2014 to when he retained the Ballon d'Or in 2015. And the Quite escapades, a span there, really. And the escapades within. Though, actually, doesn't really cover much of what actually happened <laughs> in that period of time. That we, learn, we do see that he did win the Champions League and that they got knocked out of the World Cup, but that's it, really. So the film seemed to kind of... Dodge in between, or sort of run from kind of a. The, the, it opens to our scene through the through the car of Ronaldo walking, and there's a lot of walking that happens. God, is um, a lot of walking. His slightly funny, waddly walk. Um, we kind of jump in between various football moments, uh, and then we cut. To I want to talk about people. that. We'll talk about that. We kind of cut between football moments that happen, including all the things Josh mentioned, like the uh, the Champions League and the World Cup and the Ballon d'Or things. Those are basically all the real events that happen of any kind of notable interest. And then we get a few flashbacks. We mostly get, the yeah. same video flashback to the same game that clearly is the only game that was recorded <laughs> of Cristiano Ronaldo playing under the age of about 20. Um, and that's pretty much all that happens. We are kind of slightly struggling to cover the plot, I feel, of this film, mainly because there isn't one, because it's just stuff that happens yeah, well, the plot, Ronaldo. The plot can be summed up in the word... Ronaldo, really. It's kind of... It tries to... Well, I'm sure we'll come on to it when we actually talk about the content of the film properly. But it's trying to be one of those uh, kind of behind-the-scenes... This is what... I mean, in the, in, we'll come on to talking about this for sure. Uh, his personal life. But really, it's, it's more about the surface than the life or even the footballing career of Ronaldo. Right. So, I imagine in that kind of couple of minutes that you just had there, you've got a very clear understanding of what happens in Ronaldo. Um, I'm going to call it the movie because I think that helps to make it clear about what's going on. Um, Differentiate him from... Should we mention, before we kind of kick into things, for those people, because we know people who might be listening to this who don't, who may not know who Cristiano Ronaldo is, though the film would have us believe that is that is impossible, but is it important? should we quickly r- rattle through... Uh, a little bit of background for him? Um, well... (laughs) Definitive from Josh there. So, just in case anybody doesn't know, Cristiano Ronaldo is a uh, footballer who plays football for Real Madrid. may not really be necessary to complete... I think the film makes it quite clear that everybody knows who Ronaldo is, and I think, ultimately, who he is and his career is kind of unnecessary to the film... I would I feel, kind of and it true. is something that is, <laughs> is jettisoned pretty quickly. So, um, so in that case, then, shall we kick straight off with our, our our magic moment from the film, our little moment that we felt was kind of that little special point where we felt really good inside. Do you want to go? 
I'll go. You first. can do yours. So yeah. I had a few different ones. Um, but I'm are we going to be brutal on your game? I'm going to go. go I'm going to go for one. So my one. So the film revolves a lot around the life, not only of of Cristiano Ronaldo, but also his his agent, Jorge. Mendes. We had a long discussion about how we were going to pronounce Jorge before Jorge kicking off with Mendes. this. We're going to stick with Jorge, I think. Um, but there's one particular moment where we're introduced uh, to a room in Jorge Mendes's vast uh, glass-filled house, which looks like all the other glass-filled houses that we are given in the film. Uh, and we're presented with his kind of living room. And there's a, there's a sofa that's about the size of a small... Like, I don't know, like a small house? I reckon it's but at it, least uh, a 12-seater. It, well, I think it's probably bigger than that. It's like a, it's like a kind of a sea of white, uh, Horrible cream white, white leather, leather um, with, big, with big cushions on it for watching all the football. And we get a big shot later of them watching the football on it. I think that's probably my favourite. <laughs> it must be so inv- Why does he need that much sofa? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your magic That's my moment. magic moment. Was that so? That sofa was super so incredulous. That sofa would ever exist. Why anyone would ever need a sofa What's that large? Is so- and also, who in built s- that sofa? Yeah. But why would you need a leather sofa in Spain as well? I mean, I've like I've been to Spain, and I've sat on sofas in Spain, and they've never been made of leather. And I've sat on sofas in England that have been made of leather. Incisive. And they're incredibly uncomfortable. Incisive in analysis. wintry climate. So why you would I ever mean, I, need a leather sofa? They probably sofa. do have air conditioning in Spain. Especially if you're Jorge Mendes. But I, t- I take your... Well, I think his I back door was open. So I assume that cuts the air conditioning out. Well, I think this mystery is one that's going to be left unsolved, sadly. What's your magic moment, Josh? So my magic moment was, sticking on the theme of, of Jorge Mendes, there's a, uh, a scene r- roughly straight after we are introduced to him as... I feel like we should explain who Jorge Mendes is a bit more, maybe. Jorge Mendes is uh, Ronaldo's agent, and he's possibly the most famous, most influential football agent in the world. He represents... Luminaries such as Jose Mourinho and Ronaldo and a lot of other big players, many of whom have been signed by Manchester United recently, for completely coincidental reasons. Nothing to do with any backdoor dealings. We'd like to make it clear that that's this... (laughs) We don't suggest the... Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, To underline that, what's your magic moment? So my magic moment involving Jorge Mendes is he's having dinner at uh, at a restaurant that is very similar to the uh, the one depicted in in Mission Impossible when uh, when when Ethan Hunt meets with the character who's played by John Voight and then the the fish tank explodes because there's a similar fish tank there and they're having a talk about footballing agentry with this man who is nobody and that's something we'll probably come on to when we talk about the film in more detail about how nobody everyone in this film is transient but he's talking to this man about football and then um, he gets up to leave, and he is approached by <laughs> by Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> Man- well, someone said Manchester United legend Rio Ferdinand. He's hardly an unknown footballer. He's quite famous. He's one of the. There's a lot of footballers depicted in this in this documentary, and I would say that um, Rio Ferdinand would probably rank in the top ten, probably. Yes. Um, and yet. We watch it with subtitles, just so that we... One, we had to watch it with subtitles because there's a lot of Portuguese in the film. But also so that we can just follow what's going on. And Rio Ferdinand's interaction with George Mendes, he was labelled as man. <laughs> oh, Rio Ferdinand has just appeared. <laughs> what? They called this him man! <laughs> 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 That's my favourite part of the film so far. <laughs> Bam. Oh, real Ferdinand. I used to be the most expensive defensive defensive player in England, and now I'm relegated to man. I suppose he was at QPR at the time when this was made, so yeah, he's basically just a man. Anyone could have gone in that defence. Uh, what was a sports joke? Cutting, cutting QPR commentary there. 
just like a I random think you can person tell listeners, in the street. Based on these two moments that we're just covering here, it was an absolute thrill ride. Just ma'am. So yeah, that was my magic moment. Rio Ferdinand being subtitled as ma'am. So, I think having heard those rather exhilarating moments, these rather exhilarating parts of the film that really got us going there, we should delve into the nitty gritty. We should delve into the into the real guts of of the beast. Um, and cover some of those key, some of those key things that we thought were were interesting. The key from it. themes, the, the key, key themes that were interesting. What we've had. Um, so one of the things we kind of chatted about before we started, it was discussing around the kind of the nature of it as a documentary. And I think what was interesting is, and we both kind of screamed at it as as, as it came up, as as if Capaldi was credited. I don't know. I recognise it. Capaldi. Okay, so maybe this is going to be a good documentary. Like the main credited producer of the entire thing, which is kind of baffling. Obviously, he didn't direct it. it this was directed by Anthony Wonk. Is it Wonk or is it Wonky? <laughs> Might be Wonky based on the way that the film is made. But for Asif Kapali to be involved in something like that, the man doesn't do much yeah. in the way of. He's only made two major documentaries, Senna and Amy, which is something I imagine we'll be talking about a fair bit at the moment in this yeah. while we're talking about documentaries. And for him to kind of be involved in something like this is very baffling because the way that Asif Kapadia makes his documentaries and that why they're so good is because they are they take raw footage that is pre-existing. There's no new footage shot for any of them, and he edits them together. And then voiceovers are provided by people talking about it now. And this is this is kind of the exact opposite of it in that it is it's a documentary in the traditional sense of. Someone is following around Cristiano Ronaldo and filming his life as it goes on, except there's not one person following him around. Clearly, the way that the film is shot, mm -hmm. an army of people are following him around and recording incredibly staged set yeah. pieces. So, obviously, this this we didn't we didn't pick this didn't come out under documentary in terms of the category, but it's classified as a documentary. But I don't really think it counts as a documentary at all. Well, that's because what we felt, wasn't it? It was more like a, just a, a hagiography. Yeah, it's, it's a hagiography a, entirely it's a, of Saint Ronaldo. Of exactly, and I think oh, I think that in particular is a is a that description of Saint Ronaldo is a particularly apt one because the number of times that there is sort of reference to his uh, simultaneous kind of reference to. Uh, kind of his Catholicism and, and the Catholicism of his family, and then cut to people talking about how great Cristiano Ronaldo is, and he's kind of presented as this as this uh, sort of savior deity. Um, I don't want to be rude about religion in general, but there is a genuine scene where uh, Ronaldo's um, lovely mother, who I found was the most compelling element of the film potentially. Uh, goes about her kind of daily Catholic ritual, lighting some candles in her own personal um, shrine with a statue of the Virgin Mary. And next to it is a picture of Ronaldo. So it's kind of... Um, he is really conflated with this kind of Christ-like imagery at points. I think one of the interesting things about it as a, as a documentary was it didn't really tell you very much about anything. Yes. In that it wasn't... It didn't sort of what what we kind of felt as we were watching it is it would be interesting to understand this is a guy who is like without doubt somebody who's an incredible athlete who's achieved incredible things in the sport that he works in, um, and it would be amazing to understand maybe some of the things behind him or or, or a greater degree of what drives him personally it would be interesting if you were doing a documentary of him if you were going to spend the money on doing a documentary on Ronaldo those are some of the things that could be interesting to find out about. However. We don't really get any of that. We get kind of we skip over various different bits and pieces that may suggest the motivations, but really we just get an insight into his slightly warped philosophy of this and, and slightly warped sense of self in that he's driving himself to achieve all of these things sort of near blindly and dragging everybody around him with him. Uh, and, it, and it's it's quite a sort of often quite a difficult thing, not an exceptionally difficult thing to watch, but quite a especially his interactions with his son, which I no doubt we'll speak about in mm -hmm. a second, um, are quite difficult to watch because you sh you get to see how his kind of single-mindedness um, is kind of being pushed onto this little boy who's about four years old in the film. Um, and it's it's quite difficult. 
What did you think? Yeah, if you, I'm just talking about his son there, we're talking about Christ-like imagery. Obviously, there's kind of a very almost kind of yeah. like virgin <laughs> birth element to to <laughs> little Chris R- Ronaldo, who's kind of. Um, there's all this speculation about who his mother is, whether he, he has a mother at all, in, term, in terms of a mother figure, which is something I'll come on to, whether he was a, uh, a, a IVF baby or whatever with a surrogate mother. He is presented as kind of like, almost, almost kind of like, <laughs> in a horrible kind of pop culture metaphor kind of way, he's very much almost presented as the Boba Fett of Ronaldo's Django Fett, in that that Ronaldo is this perfect specimen and in exchange for the use of him as a template, the Caminoans have provided him with everything he wants, which he wants an unaltered clone of himself. And there's even a moment in the film where he says, um, if I do look through, um, he He calls him his successor. successor. He says he wants to make him his successor. And, um... Yeah. Which is pretty un- pretty unnerving, really. And you kind of... And as Josh was talking about there, um, he's kind of presented this, this boy as, this, as, as you're saying, this, that successor. And he is clearly kind of brought up in this world where uh, football and, and his dad scoring goals is the most important thing in the entire world. And I think the most telling bit was when... So Lionel Messi, sort of, who was hilariously portrayed as this, <laughs> oh, as this kind of well, the, evil the, nemesis. The spectre in the face that was Lionel Messi. He's referred to constantly during the scene of the, uh, of the Classico in late 2014 as the other guy in the yeah. Real Madrid box. It was and, really um, bizarre. And there's a moment when... Ronaldo's son uh, is approached by Lionel Messi, uh, who seems quite sweet and quite genuine in trying to say hello to him. And and this little boy just runs away and refuses to speak to him, having been very verbose and chatty and and seemingly fairly kind of free in himself in the rest of the film. It's like he's been conditioned to hate this this small Argentinian man who his father has kind of been lined up against in the in the kind of the in the kind of fates of, of fates of football. It's like. He- He's wearing a kryptonite ring or something. He kind of turns away and looks really ill and shy and then runs off to, to his dad and gives him a hug and a kiss. I suppose the other thing about the, the documentary style yeah, and the style, style in particular that was interesting is, as I kind of mentioned earlier, it, the film starts with this ridiculous shot through... The, a window of a car, and there are so many shots through a window of a car. Are we walking? He's walking to his car, and then he gets. He's got a funny walk, though, hasn't he? Because he's like waddling there. You're gonna get shot in the head by a sniper now, it's gonna be a thriller. <laughs> Secretly, Cristiano Ronaldo was bored of the football and wanted to take part in an action film. He's going to bash. The shooting of this is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> why are they just... Why is this stupid arty shot of him getting into a car? Oh, I just did a smile. Oh, I've dropped my pen. Look at that earring. There's this kind of faux um, sort of attempt to make it... Uh, sort of art housey at points, and to have these uh, almost kind of like the uh, lingering the shots yeah. of infinity pools and lit up houses and things like that, unnecessarily lingering. I mean, the film wasn't long; it's only an hour and a half, but it the felt long. The amount of times we saw that house, George Mendes's house and Ronaldo's house, look exactly the same. We could never tell which was which because they both got the same like blue fluorescent infinity pool and the same like horrible brickwork on the outside of their veranda. It was it was infuriating. Well, I suppose actually at this point it might be worth talking about some of that surface stuff yeah. and about how ludicrously surface this film is. Uh, I remember kind of harking, sort of, the, the thing that was running through my mind as I watched it was um, Mark Kermode's review uh, of Sex and the City 2 it's some, to some extent and the kind of, this kind of constant presentation of wealth uh, and how kind of difficult that is to deal with. And it's ludicrous in this film how it is just money and cars and houses and stuff. And I suppose it is aimed at an audience that is, you kind of find that impressive, that you find that something to kind of uh, aspire to or something. But it just seems so shallow in some ways. The whole film has a shallowness about it. There's a scene really early on that's kind of the 
This is the introduction to Cristiano's cute son. Look how cute he is. They're just normal. Where he's kind of trying to demonstrate how inquisitive he is as a young boy. And the way that he does this, he goes, Oh, Chris, which car is missing from the garage? Which car? And, like, the little kid's clearly a bit confused. And he just walks around and he goes, Is it... Is it the Rolls Royce? No, it's not the Rolls Royce. Is it? Is it the Porsche? No, it's not. Oh, is it? Is it this? And he goes, no, it's the Lamborghini. The Lamborghini is missing. Oh, the Lamborghini. And the the camera kind of it's, it adopts this for one one of a few times in the film. Kind of adopts this almost kind of not shaky cam style, but it looks like a kind of a home video Someone's kind of thing. Through, it's yeah. walking through the garage, and it's just. It's not about it's not about the kind of the little boy. It's about all of the cars that Ronaldo owns, and like there's bits where the, the camera lingers on like the dashboard and things. It happens like all that. the time, and w- I think what's interesting and striking about that is how in a film that's supposed to be some sort of insight into this person, how completely irrelevant in some ways that is. Because obviously he's very successful and he's earned a lot of money as a result of what he's done, but really that doesn't. I mean, other than the fact that his sort of mild rag to riches story that gets presented in the film, I mean, how far that's actually true and accurate is is highly debatable. But aside from that, there's no real relevance to any of that. It doesn't tell you very much. Um, so you're just kind of having to kind of puzzle your way through this constant imagery of 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 just money everywhere and funny hats that he wears and oh his backpack's changed because he's in a different uniform and look at how many glitzy things are on that backpack. And it's just a very strange um, presentation of it. I think it was that there was the moment that that Josh found particularly entertaining, which is when Cristiano Ronaldo, clad as he often is in Cristiano Ronaldo branded clothes, um, with his shirt off, <laughs> flexing his incredibly impressive uh, muscular structure of his chest, walks slowly into his swimming pool and oh, gets yes. on his little bike and starts doing some some cycling in his swimming pool to try and fix his gammy knee. And the whole thing is just presented as in this kind of art housey um, but also kind of amazing because look at all the water and the, the, and the amazing really, stone everywhere. Really annoyed me and really got me about that scene is I understand that's something people do to exercise or to fix their gammy legs or whatever. But this bike is mounted in an indoor marble pool that's like a, it's massive and it's it's kind of like if you've got this apparatus that is has no purpose for pleasure in your pool later. It's purely for sport purposes. He's got a gym. We see him go to his private gym. We see his son lifting weights and doing pull-ups in his private gym, which is horrible. So why doesn't he have, like, a small... You just need the area of the exercise bike... Why is it in his in his main the, nice pool? I think it's striking that these are the questions that the film raises. Why does Cristiano Ronaldo have a big pool for just his little bike? I think that kind of that element of what really struck me and what I wrote down was that to, to sum up, I suppose, how surface this film is is the film opens with some subtitles that read chanting Cristiano's like name. And you hear some noises of people shouting, Cristiano, Cristiano, in the background. It ends with exactly the same thing. And I feel that that circularity going from sort of veneration of this person to veneration with not really much in between kind of sums it up, really. There's nothing is learned. And and, and there's supposed to be a, a monumental kind of moment of doubt or whatever in the middle of the film because Portugal have an absolutely terrible... World Cup campaign get sent home in the group stages get spanked by Germany 4-0 in their opening game Ronaldo doesn't do anything much at all because he's injured so he can't participate I just did air quotes then for the benefit of the audio and um, but there's no that it's it's not it's not a kind of like a, uh, a rise and fall and rise again it's just kind of a constant and the, can I talk about football now? Can we have, we have we got anything else to add about well, the, the film as a documentary? Was just about well, I was also just going to mention about going into that some of the surfacey type stuff with the kind of the posseness of the film and how everybody has like a funny entourage 
of yeah. people. And Cristiano Ronaldo's entourage are particularly amusing because they are made up predominantly, it seems, of his f- close family. Um, with one unexplained, <laughs> slightly fishy, literally fishy looking gentleman on the su- on the kind of who sits in the periphery and you see them and they so, their lives are so boring that yeah, was the thing the that boring. really it's that really, really struck me is how dull everything is that happens to these people it's walk from one room kick a ball walk to another room talk about the ball that you just kicked sit down on a plane play cards that card playing scene was particularly boring because I'm not a fan of, of traditional card games, but they're playing like gin rummy just, or something. <laughs> the most boring old person card game in the world. And like just before that, there's a day like one guy lifts up his shirt and goes, it's "Oh, the, look at my abs!" And then Ronaldo goes, "Oh, look at my abs!" It's just the, you've like, got a got yeah. a long way to go until you've got abs like mine. Oh, what suit are we playing with now? It's so boring. It's just the sheer like knuckle dragging masculinity of some of it. Of just like these people who you would imagine in private moments just kind of run into walls because they're so confused about it's just staggering. It's playing a proper game, you've got all the money in the world. You can buy like vintage copies of Diplomacy or anything to do on that plane. The first mention like, of Diplomacy. You've got, like you could have anything installed on there. You play fucking gin rummy. It's oh, it just baffles me. Sorry, I've, I think we've walked towards a nerve. Uh, for Joshua absolutely James, baffles me can I talk about football now ball ball oh. ball footy 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 I'm going to talk about football this is this just for the listeners benefit Josh really likes football <laughs> this is supposed to be a documentary about as he's often referred to the greatest footballer of our time or whatever it's supposed to be about football and yet Football is almost entirely absent from the film as as a force. It's yeah. kind of it's it's infuriating because <laughs> I know that Asif Kapadia could make a really good documentary about something like this. I think he's doing one about Maradona now. I think that's his next project is he's doing Maradona or something like that. But there's there's just no for something like Senna. Senna is about is about the man and about the drive. It's a very interesting comparison, actually, because they're very similar characters in terms yeah. of the, the, the background, the, the glitz, the glamour, the backgrounds they come from and, and wanting to succeed above else. Now, I don't think that it's likely that Cristiano Ronaldo will die in a tragic sporting accident unless the ball gets kicked into his face particularly hard. But the comparison is still valid. And the real strength of Senna is that even if you don't like Formula One, it it makes you care about the sport and it makes the, it frames the sport in an interesting way for the lay person. And by the end of the film, spoilers if you don't know, when, when they show, when they cut the footage just before the crash, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, yeah. And... Whereas this almost has the opposite. There's no, there's no sense of what the sport, the sport that Ronaldo is supposed to be playing is. There's lots of of scenes of of him scoring goals and of him doing doing bits on a walking football around a football things. football things on a football pitch but there's no sense of what the sport is and what ronaldo mean what he takes from the sport and what or the how sport he means uses it or anything and yeah. i think what you're kind of saying about senna in the in the even if you sort of have no interest in in formula 1 and you will appreciate something I felt that kind of this was the entire opposite of that. Even if you liked football a lot, even if you liked Cristiano Ronaldo a lot, you would find this a bit of a drag. There's also those moments where you're supposed to kind of feel some element of of empathy, of of humanity with him, such as the elation of his uh, 2015 Ballon d'Or win, or the kind of sadness when they're dropped dropped out of... Uh, the World Cup in 2014. In both of those moments, you don't really have any connection with them whatsoever. There's no real empathy there at all. Um, and it's just staggering. And exactly as you were saying, exactly as we were saying earlier as well, how a, a film that's supposed to be about an individual who kind of has come to, in some ways, co-define a sport alongside Lionel Messi, that he doesn't have anything about his attitude towards football, about what he th- thinks about it, how he his, his kind of attitude towards the game. I mean, it is a game. Why why is there nothing about his f- how he his philosophy around it? Anything like that is completely missing. There's a total absence 
of of the, it, it's as if the only element that is important to the sport is Ronaldo, and the film is about that, and it's not about anything else. It's really, really rather telling that it's a team game, and yet not once is the only footballer who is named in the film, apart from Ronaldo, is Messi. And throughout, he's this kind of weird presence that gets referred to as the other guy. There's a really really weird scene where where he's having a shower after they get back from the World Cup and Argentina gets the final and he's having a shower and it's intercut with scenes of Messi playing football as if he's having some sort of crazed fever dream in the shower about how frightened he is of Messi <laughs> it's like a nightmare about Messi <laughs> It's like a lunatic. Must wash away the sin. There's no one else in the film. Is we saw as we mentioned, Rio was credited as man. We saw like we we know the footballers, and we were like, oh, there's Marcello, there's James Rodriguez, yeah. but they were never ever like name checked. There's a kind of a scene where after they lose to Germany, it's kind of like, it says, like, Portugal lost 4-0, and it cuts to the dressing room, and you imagine that there's going to be dejected people in there, but it's just people packing up boxes. Yeah, it's, it's how peripheral everybody else is, and it's and, and it's staggering in a game that, whilst obviously, and Ronaldo, I suppose, is one, of the, is one of the defining people of being an individual within a team game, it is a team sport, and there is no kind of suggestion of how he fits into that, of how he views how he fits into that, um, it's just really bizarre how it's kind of presented as just this one man and his sort of really staggeringly determined belief in and and sort of commitment to achieving things and to achieving success sort of at all costs and at, sort of against all odds that he can see. Um, how that is kind of on one hand, and then there's nothing really about how he views that sport. <laughs> oh, there's well, another so footballer! Wow! Oh. You wouldn't know. He's never, he's never ever depicted with his teammates. There's kind of the, I think that the, the kind of the key scene for this is when they, the depiction of the of El Clasico in October 2014, when it's a really long sequence and a lot of it is just Ronaldo walking around looking dejected on the football pitch mm -hmm. nothing really kind of happens and then there's a penalty and he scores the penalty and and then George Mendes suddenly goes oh great we've equalised and you're kind of like what when were they when were they 1-0 down yeah, there's exactly. no sense of that and then suddenly the match ends and it's Real Madrid 3 Barcelona 1 and then you're kind of like, oh, well, what happened yeah. was what... Cl clearly, if memory serves, Ronaldo's role in that particular match was not particularly Probably. influential apart from scoring the penalty. So that's clearly excised from history in a Stalin-esque manner because it's not important. And then afterwards, it's kind of... It's presented as, as the pinnacle of rivalry is that... El Clasico is summed up between Ronaldo and Messi. El Clasico is the big rivalry. It's what drives football in Spain and yet we immediately cut to like some sort of weird almost mafia style dinner in this glass house with Ronaldo, George Mendes, his mum and his flunkies there's no, it's not like Ronaldo spent any time, spends any time with his teammates they're just nobodies and the, and the, but I think though that doing some analysis for the film ourselves or I was and I, as I was watching it is that it is striking how much of a solitary figure Ronaldo cuts hmm. in that film in that he kind of because of his drive and determination he has that paranoia there's a bit when he mentions how he doesn't really trust many people he talks uh, about that he loves being alone yeah, he says he prefers he, to be on his own and it's this, this and it's it, it's fascinating as somebody he he almost seems as somebody who actually is kind of driven by almost at some point a lack of self-belief a lack of self-confidence that that kind of is retained and he constantly has to define himself as better as beating people and when he kind of lifts up his shirt to like beat his mate on how chiselled his stomach oh is seems the kind of apotheosis of that and it's just really baffling to, but it, it, do, it does reveal I suppose a little about his attitude and, and how he is as a person that that's the nature and that's the kind of route that the film has taken I have nothing else to say about football other than football. If I, that if was I, quite good. If I, I watch this, I'm finished. If <laughs> I watch this as someone who didn't like football, 
I would hate football because the the way that it's the, oh it's horrible. It's not if you want to watch a good documentary that depicts football in a good way that also moulds kind of personal intrigue. Just watch the class of '92 because it's great and it does it really well and it's got a much better structure than this film because this film begins. It felt like it ended on 13 minutes with <sighs> the high in the Champions League final. I thought that we would talk more about football and I think that's pretty good that we've just kind of we've nicely covered that one off there. You're kind of you can actually get a lot of that a lot of that kind of negative feeling towards rage it. about. I wanted a football documentary. I and I was excited when it said Asif just for, just yeah, just for a list of benefit there was a lot of hand waving and, and general sort of discomfort. Both during the film and during a lot of the the kind of the conversation that you heard from Josh there. So I think we've pretty much reached, we've pretty much got all that out of him, and we can move on to talking about um, another particularly um, depressing part of it, which was how bloody blokey this film. Oh, we're going to get righteously angry about 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 all the bloody blokes. About all the bloody blokes. Um, There's one woman in the film, and it's his mum. No, sorry, there's two women in the film. There's a woman who breaks into the... Uh, there's, a, there's a scene when they're in Brazil and they're doing and some it's training. And staggering that this counts yeah, as this is the a only, female yeah. uh, kind of role in the film, that this person... She breaks into the training ground and runs on and then is restrained by security. And then Ronaldo has a weird conversation with the security man, which includes the phrase, she's fine physically. (laughs) Um, And then talks to her, and it's kind of like, oh, hello. And she goes, oh, I love you, Cristiano. Will you follow me on Twitter? And that's it. And it was just staggering at the sheer... And I, I, I think... He captures a number of things that. That particular quote to me, the physically thing, he's kind of relating not only to her kind of appearance, but also to her running. I believe that's and what he's I talking think it was about. Because she climbed the wall. Yeah, she and it's breaking the like and unbelievable the obsession with um, physique, and I th- it was just revealed there in a moment of just like that is what you're taking. It's just absolutely staggering. But it was just unbelievably um, stark how. Absent women are in this in this film, and whilst having his uh, his mum there is a quite a is and as you're saying one of the more compelling people in there uh, in the film. Um, what's also striking is how absent sort of women are from things like the life of his son, uh, and how that seems to kind of be shaping him towards this very kind of limited view of the world. Uh, it's all just football and blokes and football and blokes and swimming and suits and, and sunglasses and, oh gosh, so and many sunglasses. sunglasses and and son, and... getting his son to do weights, getting his son to do sit-ups, getting his son to lie on his back while he does press-ups, as you say. It's, it's all like... about what it means to be a man and being a man and the lesson that he wants to teach his son is that Cristiano Ronaldo... Is the is is peak man? There's a weird bit where he talks to a man in the street who is, is one of the fellow parents at school with his yeah. son, and he has a word with him, and then he walks off. And this is one of the kind of the, the, the one of the few candid moments in the film where it's kind of being filmed from afar or whatever, and it doesn't feel like it's set up like a lot of the rest of the film. And he talks to this man, and he's going, "Oh, great, yeah, your son's in my class. It's the same class as my son." Blah, 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 blah. And he walks off, and his son goes like, "Oh, that's that. He was a big man." And Ronaldo immediately he doesn't snap back, but he's kind of like, yeah, but he's not as big as your dad, eh? I'm the big man. Ugh. Completely. And I think it's that that masculinity is just really just oddly. It's so focused on such a small part of it, and how you're supposed to be this uh, kind of slightly chiselled suit wearing person, and that's kind of what you should dream to be. Um, it's just really bizarre. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about on that particular front, other than the fact that it is incredibly depressing how it is just about just complete absence of any women at all in the film, about how his mum was having this um, interesting, like quite an interesting role in also She kind of lives his um, anxiety, I suppose, with him. And one of the things that we both found quite sort of shocking, almost, is how she she has to take um, sort of well, she, she sedates herself uh, sedatives big, during big matches. yeah exactly to, in yeah. order to kind of uh, constrain some of the feelings of, of kind of fear and yeah. anxiety and stress that come with them. And watching her live the games through her son. It's probably the, as close to a kind of an emotional. She's the only human way. character in the film. There's a really she's she she walks out during the the Portugal 
USA game during the end because she's too stressed and she says I've got to go off and go and have a walk on my own she's a kind of she's the only real human but yet at the same time we also kind of felt that she was clearly in a sort of Judy Murray kind of way very pushing and then pushing him towards a certain point and was was taking part in the kind of some of the more pernicious elements of the film in terms of self-promotion whatever there was a bit where we kind of he was on the phone to her when she was at home while he was in Brazil and uh, he's just talking to her casually and she keeps referring to him as Ronaldo in in that kind of way and obviously um, Ronaldo is not his surname it's not their shared surname it's kind of his kind of second middle name that's kind of a nickname that fun fact yeah. is named after Ronald Reagan <laughs> not uh, not anyone else but it just seems a bit it just felt a bit odd well, I think, that yeah. he, she, she was calling him Ronaldo rather than Cristiano or rather than anything else it felt very kind of forced and very on brand more than anything else and that else. is one of the biggest things from this film is that your opening one of the opening things that we have to deal with is sexy Ronaldo with his shirt off wearing CR7 Cristiano Ronaldo 7 branded boxer shorts well why wouldn't you want CR7 on your pants Marcus it's quote the world's most famous acronym do you have CR7 boxes because I definitely definitely no my pants come from Asda not CR7 not yet but something you're looking to, looking to upgrade towards no. in the future. Are you sure? It's not the world's most famous acronym. I can think of many, acronyms. many more acronyms that are more You did famous. at the time. You were shouting lots of yeah. acronyms. This was what is the world's most famous acronym? NATO. NASA. That's very Western. So is Ronaldo, really. Everyone knows what NASA is. FBI. CIA. KGB, FSB, MI6. It's definitely not CR7. It's definitely not CR7, though. I think, I'm nothing pretty. Is there anything else that we really want to talk about with this film um, before we do our. Whether we. uh, We feel that the listeners at home would like to watch this masterpiece. Is there anything left on the table? Um, We haven't really talked about the emotional manipulation of things and about. But there's not really much to talk about it in that, apart from its emotional replication. It's very, very, it's very, very. It's a very, very sad story that surrounds Ronaldo about how his his father died when he was 53. He was an alcoholic. He's, Ronaldo at one point says that he was drunk all the time and he didn't really know his dad. And his uh, his older brother kind of followed suit. Followed suit. Followed suit a bit. Was addicted. To, he doesn't say what he was addicted to, but he said that he was he was drinking as well. And he kind of fell off the wagon. And now. And now, again, going back to kind of Saint Ronaldo, Saint Ronaldo has cured his disease and has kind of helped him out by making him curator of the Ronaldo Museum, which is kind of a cross between the uh, the room full of guns in the Matrix and the uh, the Batcave and Batman and Robin with a holographic Alfred, because there seems to be a holographic Ronaldo that follows you round in the thing. It's very very sad, but it. It feels like it's it's put in there to make you feel sad and to make you go, oh, he's, he's human after all, isn't he? This yeah. Olympian Adonis is, is a real yeah. real man and he's got real feelings. And I'm sure that he does. And but it, it just comes it doesn't come across as as a revealed as a, as a as an honest revealed moment to the camera that a good documentary should. It comes across as a staged moment. Yeah, and it also in terms of how the whole thing is presented, I imagine he's done a lot more than just buy his brother a museum of himself, which is essentially <laughs> what it is that he has been presented My to. My brother's done. expertise is in construction, but the best thing for him to do is shine my ballon d'or. <laughs> that is essentially what happens. And I think it's just staggering to have, to try and position that moment of emotional connection whilst his his brother, his brother who's had these struggles through life, walks past a gl- almost glittering statue of Cristiano Ronaldo. And it's just this kind of, he's presented, he's al- it's almost like you've got, it's almost like the Redeemer in Brazil. It's almost, it's this kind of, this massive figure who is dominant in his in his generosity and his kindness and his uh, thoughtfulness. But it just comes across as corporate nonsense in some yeah. ways. Um, I think then, I think so we've covered and ranted our way through a great deal of Ronaldo, the movie. The movie. The Ronaldo, movie. the first movie. The first movie. God they knows. could do another one now. We could do another the one next every Ballon year. Yeah, the next Ballon d'Or. Let's hope they and don't the next do that. European Cup. So, 
I'm going to ask Josh first. I have a feeling I know where these are going to go. Joshua, would you recommend this film to the listeners that are going to be listening? Like Ronaldo's mother says at one point in the film, Ronaldo, the movie, um, is an unwanted child. I, it's, it's the worst kind of documentary filmmaking. I would not want to watch it again, and I would not recommend anyone watch it, really. Well, actually, it wasn't boring, and it wasn't... I, I, I found I'm a lot it. more angry now talking about it than I was at the time. I just kind of let it wash over me. To me, I found it quite boring. I found the constant stills of, of Ronaldo rippling around difficult. But if Ronaldo wasn't real... If this was kind of presented as kind of almost like a Birdman style, like this is like I think we're giving a lot more credit to this film. It than could it's be due. Right. there's moments where he kind of looks at the camera and looks sad, and it could kind of be if if he if he didn't exist and this was re-edited as something else, then maybe. But, could, but at the moment, no, remade, it's an unwanted child. If they took if they took the film and made it a different film, it we didn't be good. make that clear. In the in in the discussion is that the root of Ronaldo's problems is because his mum constantly tells him that he was an unwanted child and <laughs> that he was an accidental pregnancy. And on that note, everybody, I think it's time Would you to recommend it. No, Would I recommend no. it. No, no. <laughs> Anything else? That, I think that pretty much covers it. To be honest, Josh. We didn't do favourite characters. <laughs> Who was your your favourite character? Was the Steve Shelley guy? No. Oh. That's a really difficult one, the favourite character. I think maybe... Well, there's a very brief moment when Thierry Henry turns up. Oh, yeah. And sexy Thierry is But he's also not named as well. But, so does that count? It doesn't really count as a character if he's just an unnamed waft through the door. Yeah. That's essentially what he is. Um, but he did creep on for a little bit, so I quite like that. Who was your favourite character? I think my favourite character was probably Georges Mendes because it's he was just kind of this weird almost like conciliary figure, constantly present and making jokes and kind of arranging things constantly on his phone. Though, even though I say he was my favourite character, I did really want to strangle him with his headphones at the end. Um, that would have made it a more interesting end to the film. I think. It could have been like the end of The Godfather. He could have got in his car and put in his headphones and then... And you with the, your West Brom hat yeah, turn it, up and strangle well, him with I, his headphones. I would say out of The Godfather I look the most like Clemenza. I would just... Clemenza who strangles the guy at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. going to go with yes. And grab his headphones and really garrot him. Yeah. And on that murderous note, yes. which I think captures our feelings towards, in part towards the film, um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will come up with a new episode of this uh, podcast um, in the kind of not too distant future, in which we will cover a film that may well be different. Be good. May well be may different. Well be... It is random, so it could just end up accidentally watching Ronaldo the movie again. <laughs> And isn't that something to get you hooked into listening again? Thank you very much for listening. Uh, look forward to hearing you you listening to us. Thank you, Marcus. Hopefully, again, I've got that absolutely nailed that bit. Yeah, thank goodbye. you. Thank you, Josh. Good night. Bye. This is a sequel to Lock Now. He's going to drive around <laughs> and just talk in his car for an hour. <laughs> And then he's going to crash into Tom Hardy at the end. I don't know what happens in Lock. I've not seen it.